I did it again, baby. Yeah! That's right, Austin. Hello, everybody. Darren here again, because, again, we went slightly over the top with one of our recordings. When myself and Michael sat down to do our 2021 preview, we accidentally went almost three hours again. However, it worked so well the first time, we decided to do it again and split our 2021 preview into three separate parts. As is tradition, we will open with movies, which is the podcast you're about to hear. And then if you check back in the next few weeks, we will also have a 2021 preview for both TV and video games. Enjoy! Welcome to Talk Amongst Yourselves, the fan entertainment talkie podcast. And today, against what we thought we were going to do, we are going to be giving a very brief, very hopeful and very tentative preview of 2021. I'm always Mike. And I'm hopefully still Darren. Um, Yeah, I mean, we can only hope that you still are. (laughs) Because nothing is certain these days. Um, Yeah, Art is a lie. Nothing is real. (laughs) (laughs) We we, we were touring and throwing about doing this preview just because... I mean, the world is in no rush to get back to normal. So, oh, no. <laughs> the, have you heard the latest news that a vaccination centre in LA was shut down due to anti-vaccination protests? Oh, Jesus Christ. doomed. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not great. Um, so, not a good start, not a good start. There are the chances of seeing any of at least the films in this in cinemas seem increasingly unlikely. But there's also the chance that this could impact on uh, the video game section. TV seemed to carry on pretty unabated last year. Um, so the TV shows we're going to talk about are highly likely to stick the landing and come out when they're meant to be. Um, but yes, so we're going to skip a usual kind of talk about everything we're interested in next year. And instead, we've just cherry-picked... Uh, well, we've cherry-picked three films each, three TV shows each, and three video games each, which I think constitute the, if we only get these nine things next year, well, this year, I think I'll be happy. Yeah, and we've tried to to come... come uh, I'll start that sentence again. That really didn't want to come out. We've tried to make sure that we pick three separate ones that we would each equally be interested in discussing, otherwise it's kind of entirely pointless to do it, in order to kind of encapsulate what we hope still comes out this year because a lot of films have been pushed back to late this year trying to be a little bit more hopeful i mean bonds have been pushed back for what is this the fifth time yeah it's now yeah. coming out in october um a, a lot of the in fact the only thing i think the only thing that really hasn't moved outside of video games which can kind of stay where they are we might have a bit of an empty year next year hmm. certainly but a lot of games that were planning on coming out early 2021 they're sticking to it but but films have just done an absolute runner. Um, there is practically nothing coming out unless it's a uh, a direct to not direct to video, but you understand what I mean. A, a home video yeah. um, premiere, which is a bit of a shame. The only thing that hasn't done that is Marvel. Marvel have stuck very rigidly to their release schedule, so by their logic, we should be getting Black Widow in May. Um, yeah, I I don't see it happening. No. I don't think it's going to happen. They well, they've moved uh, Raya and the Last Dragon to Disney Plus now, so it's going to be following the uh, Mulan model. 
Mm. So there's a chance that if they test that out, and again it sees good amount of people getting on that, I think they might do that for Black Widow. I think they'll think, well, people might already be interested in WandaVision, um, which is off to a great start, by the way. We're not going to talk about that today. We're going to wait until it's finished. But, ooh, episode, have you seen episode four yet? I have, yes. Oh, it changes lots of things. Um, <laughs> so they might be thinking, well, Black Widow might come out in a bit of a sweet spot in that WandaVision will be in there, on there in its entirety and Falcon and the Winter Soldier will have either just started or be just right around the corner. So you can entice people in with saying, well, if you sign up to Disney Plus now, yes, you have to pay a little bit of a premium to get Black Widow, but you can watch that. And then with your you know, first month, if you want to be doing a month's free trial, you can pay through WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That makes sense as a package for that. What it means for their other, well, two in-house Marvel movies, as well as a movie I'm going to talk about in a little bit, which is kind of third party owned, remains to be seen. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be certainly a very interesting twelve months. I, I think with I think Marvel are so so different to the competition in that, that they've been planning to get these shows out. Mm-hmm. They knew what the schedule was up until they had to do the old switcheroo with uh, Falcon of the Winter Soldier and One Division. Um, which actually, when you watch the first four episodes of One Division, you kind of understand how they were able to get that slung forward. Yeah, because it's. I know we're not here to talk about that, but it's it's surprisingly it sticks to its um its themes shall i say that which makes it probably a lot easier to produce but we'll yeah. we'll talk about that when the series has fully wrapped i don't want to give you know too much of an impression about it now do we want to start with tv films or video games darren let's start with films shall we because i think this will be the most uh hopeful of the three sections um, <laughs> yeah the one that in the future you can just go i'm just going to skip the film bit and go straight to the other content. Um, because, yeah, with the, the six movies, I feel there's a good chance they'll come out in some. We know one of yours, at the very least, they've already kind of said it's coming to streaming services, hopefully also to cinemas. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, let's start with film. Cool. Let's start with that film, shall we? The one that we know that we are actually definitely getting this year. Yeah. I feel like that's a good place to start. It's Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, the trailer dropped for this last week, I want to say, some, some uh, time yes, around there. it then. was last week, yeah. Um, and obviously, if you couldn't guess, it is the big monster movie mashup of Godzilla and Kong. So direct sequel to Godzilla King of the Monsters and far-flung sequel from Kong Skull Island, both of which we reviewed quite positively. Um, I think we actually probably ranked Kong higher than Godzilla 2. Uh, um, I think that's what ooh. we did. Uh, maybe. I mean, they're both better than the first Godzilla movie. Um, yeah. For certain. I mean, they're not as good as 98, but what is? Um, <laughs> Jesus so, Christ. Yeah, the... I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I was... This was on my shortlist as well. Um, but I, I saw the trailer, and... Like, I know this is rich coming from me, but it looked a little too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me um, that thought this looked just a little bit dumb. And it does look like they've had to scale up Kong quite a bit. Yeah, admittedly, he has been on that island. So that's set during or slightly after World War Two. I want it's to like say. It's like Vietnam time, isn't it? It's the 60s. You're right, yes, because so um, John C. Riley was a fighter pilot in World War Two when he crashed. And then... Um, 
everyone else turns up about yeah 10 to 15 10 to 20 years later yeah that's probably around the time of vietnam so that makes sense but still he's had that's 50 years now to become a big boy and be a big boy he has been he is it's very very weird to look at i think the biggest red flag for me with this film is the director, because the director is Adam Wingard. You might know him from such smash hits as Netflix's Death Note and Oh God, no. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, if they got the director of Kong Skull Island back in, I would have been a little bit more stable on this one because Jordan Vogt Roberts bought a really fucking good and stylized monster movie out of, yeah. uh, of King Kong. I'm not sure who directed godzilla king of the monsters i'm just going to double check that that was michael doherty um who had worked on screenplays for x2 and superman returns in uh, in previous times so we had some pretty good people at the helms of this and now we've got adam wingard and i'm not sure <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> although there is an interesting cast in here though so they've had to they've had to deal with the fact that ken watanabe went nah i'm good thanks so they've now got was it ken watanabe's son is that yeah. what they've done yeah. So that's that's a thing. Um as in like in universe son, not actual son, that would have been a bit weird. Um Billy Bobby Brown is black back as Madison Russell from Godzilla King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. Alexander Skarsgård is stepping into the role of Nathan Lind, who apparently is a geologist geologist who works closely with King Kong. Because as we all know, King Kong real big up on rocks. <laughs> he Loves. just wants to it's a geode (laughs) like we're just gonna get a bit where like he's beating his chest and roaring at the bottom it's gonna be translated as jesus christ marie Uh, (laughs) looking forward to that um brian tyree henry is in there he's playing a character called bernie that's all we know about that um obviously a number of other people from godzilla king of the monsters return obviously nobody from kong skull island does because that would have been very strange mm-hmm. um but i just yeah that trailer didn't do anything for me I i'll be honest with you i like i really like king of the monsters and that's basically the same premise but i feel like it's such an obvious they fight for a bit and then their mates movie like because yeah. they're like oh they're gonna kill each other i'm like they're not though are they come <laughs> on now this is all a big misunderstanding one, one or both of their mothers will be called Martha, and then we'll get on to the real <laughs> deal of what we're here to do. So I just feel like it's... Uh, like, hopefully the action is... Dumb action is my... Like, that that's my comfort zone. That's where I live. Uh, I'll be fine with it, I think, in the moment. It's just... it's Yeah, it's the upscaling of Kong is a bit weird. I feel they've also downscaled Godzilla a little bit so they can kind of meet in the middle. That King yeah. Kong has an axe now... And oh, that's just fucking stupid. That's a toy, isn't it? Yeah, you, can, you like, know that's a toy. It can catch the atomic breath and like give him like Hadouken powers and uh, like yeah, <laughs> that uh, was cause... the bullshit moment. That's the bit where I was like, oh no, I'm actually probably going to hate this film, even though I still really want to see it. Was I'm sorry, but no matter how you put it, Godzilla versus Kong is the most one-sided fight of all time because yeah. you've got gigantic towering lizard literally with the power of an exploding nuclear power plant versus monkey yeah yeah it's not it's not gonna be fair at all plus again like you know they're not gonna actually fight to the death it'll be fought to a stalemate and then they've already kind of shown their hand if you're looking close enough at the trailer as to who the bad guy is yeah so 100 percent, it's mechagodzilla 
at 100%, you see him at the start. <laughs> the first monster you see, yes, he's like in clouds in the background whilst you're like looking at people running away. But there's two big red glowing eyes and a bit of metal. There's nobody else that could be other than Mechagodzilla. So they're first of all going to have to explain how they've built Mechagodzilla in what appears to be 12 months to maybe two years at a puss because Millie Bobby Brown still looks like Millie Bobby Brown. So that. Um, and there's also theories like we haven't actually seen Godzilla yet. The Godzilla we're seeing is Mechagodzilla in a Godzilla suit. And that's what's fighting King Kong. And that will be why their mates, their enemies for a bit, and then their mates, once the ruse is shown. It's, uh, like once we get past the stupidity, hopefully it's just big dumb fun. That is my genuine help. The biggest issue, I think, is that this really needs to be seen in a cinema. And seeing it on HBO Max instead doesn't seem like a good way to experience this for the first time. You're not giving it its best chance to succeed. No, I sincerely doubt. Now, when's this supposed to be coming out? This is supposed to be coming out on... Where is it? March 26th. May 21st, I've got. Oh, um, what what am I looking at? Oh, yeah, no, I've got International March 26th and United States March 31st. Are we we only getting it in May? That's terrible. Maybe they've changed the date. They might have moved it up. Um, But anyway, yeah, uh, so cinema's not going to happen. But I guess they just don't want to sit on it for another year because this was meant to be tail end of last year this was coming out. So I get it. They want to make money and... It's, it seems like an okay if they're not doing the Disney one of like you've got to pay extra to watch it if it's just being added to the streaming service free trials are a great thing lads yeah, I mean, but... <laughs> this is the thing is that I think it, when Wonder Woman was added to HBO Max like the uptick in active subscriptions was up 300% or something like that Yeah. if, if this is Warner Brothers way of selling HBO Max fuck is it going to work and oh, yeah. that is going to shape the future of cinema essentially I think that everybody wants to return to the model that we had. At the end of the day, we had the, we had the year where Endgame was the highest-grossing movie of all time, followed by the year where, for all intents and purposes, it looks like the highest-grossing movie was Bad Boys for Life, oh. um, and they were like less than six months apart. So that's interesting. It's more interesting as if this is going to take off across the globe. I'd like to say that our country is in a better position than the United States, but we're a fourth of the fucking way there. And that's terrifying. So (laughs) I don't think there's going to be a big international audience for this. People in New Zealand are going to fucking love this. I tell you, (laughs) they're the only people that can go to the bastard cinemas. (laughs) I was watching uh, Sam Neill was on Graham Norton the other night and he was in New Zealand and like Skyping in. And he said they're really worried because they have three cases in the community where he lives. I'm like, you lucky son of a bitch that you've got to worry about three people having COVID in your fucking section of New Zealand. Oh, anyway, um, yeah, it's it's most films we're going to talk about. I don't think I would necessarily mind seeing them at home. It's just this one in particular. I feel like like I went out of my way to watch Kong Skull uh, Kong King of the Monsters by myself because I was like, I I want to see it at a cinema. Like, I don't want to see giant monster movie on my TV. Plus, if it's really stupid, I feel my brain will wonder. Like, I was watching, I watched Snowpiercer for the last time, first time last night. And 
even though that's like a pretty intense movie, I was still looking at my phone and like having to stop myself doing that. And mm. I feel if it's just big, dumb, like if there's lots of expedition dumps between the monkey and the lizard fighting, I'm just going to be playing like the ball sort puzzle or something like that. My brain will just wonder. And I don't want to do that. I want to give it its best chance, Michael. This is it. I, don't, I think it will lose something because even though I've watched some of the best films I've ever seen, some of my favourite films, I mean, last year alone, Parasite, I had to watch at home because it wasn't out in cinemas here until after the Oscars. And it was 100% my favourite movie, even compared to seeing 1917 in a cinema, which was the correct way of seeing it. Mm-hmm. Godzilla is not as intricate and well-designed as 1917. Obviously not. What it is, though, is it needs that bombast. It needs the sense of scale. It needs the larger screen. Most of us have pretty big TVs in our house, but most of us don't have a wall that is a screen. We, we just we aren't well equipped to recreate cinema at this point. And that's why I don't think it's going to perform as well. It's going to increase HBO Max subscriptions. No doubt about it. I'm considering buying this in a VPN because there's a lot of shit coming out on HBO Max this year, and it will really help me talk about films at the end of 2021. And I need that. Dear mm. Christ, do I need that? But I, I just, I want to be proven wrong. The track record of the legendary MonsterVerse is one pretty average movie, apart from the best end in 20 minutes in this franchise, followed by two films I really like. Yeah. And I want it to be more. And I just don't think the way that they're putting that out there, like you said, to basically cut their losses at this point is going to help. But fingers crossed, fingers crossed they can do this. We've had weirder things happen, but I don't know. I don't (laughs) trust this director. Right. Now, onto something that's slightly, that has a much better chance, maybe the best chance of any film we're going to mention today of actually coming out in cinemas, thanks to the virtue of coming out in December of 2021. Um, This is so fresh that it doesn't actually have a title yet. This is the Spider-Man 3 MCU movie. Um, which on Wikipedia is literally just called Untitled Spider-Man Far From Home sequel. Um, Wow. So, I... They're they're still filming this as we speak, so I think we won't be getting a trailer for a a while. I imagine it'll be the summer before we get anything. Um, Because this is one of the few films that is still being produced that's hopeful of coming out this year. Whereas everything else we're going to be talking about today was essentially ready six to twelve months ago, and they've just had to push it back. Um... But I want to talk about this one because I think, like, usually at the end of the preview podcast, I ask you, like, if you can only have one movie, one TV show, one video game from this year, what would it be? You could have them today. This would 100% be the film I would have because it sounds mad, but <laughs> the best kind of mad. So all I need to do is tell you, like, there's there's only one, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven people on the Wikipedia cast list that they felt the need to point out. Two of which are Jamie Foxx back as Electro and Alfred fucking Molina back as Otto fucking Octavius. And that alone, they don't need to announce anybody else. I don't even necessarily need a trailer. And I'm hyped to fuck because, one, we get to redeem Electro, hopefully. And two, the only Doctor Octopus that matters is back. And that's amazing. And there's all the rumours of, are we going to get Daredevil? Are we going to get, are we going to get Tobey Maguire back? Are we going to get Andrew Garfield back? And we're going to have three Peters running around. Are we going to get Kirsten Dunst back as MJ? Are we going to get other, like, villains popping up 
from before. Is Mysterio going to be back? What the hell is this? Is this the last Spider-Man movie we're going to get? Why is Doctor Strange there? There's so many questions <laughs> yeah. that I have that I'm just jonesing for this movie already. And it comes off the back of two very, very good Spider-Man movies that I feel were a bit smaller in scale than this one appears to be. And I mean, I, I've stopped worrying about big scale Marvel movies because they're all good. Even when the cast spirals into like the hundreds, they're still fine. But yeah, I, I, I couldn't be more hyped for this movie and we've seen literally nothing but a few set photos and some casting rumours. Yeah, a picture of Spider-Man in mask wearing a face mask and I'm like, yeah, I'm still hyped. I, I still want to see yeah. this. Yeah. It's it's interesting that they're really keeping this under wraps. Not Now, the fact that we've been told that two returning villains are coming and that's the information we've been told about is very very interesting to me like we were allowed to know that two returning villains are coming and then obviously that it is it's a post end game spider-man movie in much the same way that far from home is supposed to be a post end game movie but like properly phase four fuckery and more importantly it is post wandavision and pre multiverse of madness so hmm think there's going to be some uh some dimension fuckery going on uh, and if there's anything we can glean from the from WandaVision, or at least WandaVision's first four episodes, um, it's possible that people just can make their own dimensions. Mm-hmm. That makes me very happy. Uh, so I, I, I think we are heading to Spider-Verse. I think that's what's going to happen. I would say that if, if Tobey Maguire is the one that's holding out because he already don't need this shit anymore, maybe we won't get full Spider-Verse. But if he thinks it's fun... I think we're getting three Peters and that yeah. sounds so yeah. good. I really hope they don't do it like exactly like into the Spider-Verse though, because what worked about into the Spider-Verse was the medium in which it was told. It was able to represent all these different characters through various different art styles. I don't want them to do that for the entire movie here. I think if you're going to have that and now there's three Spider-Men moment, it needs to be like cusp of the third act, like yeah. third act begins. And it's like, He's got backup and he, he swing in two Spider-Men. Allow them to have their moments. Have your Doc Ock versus um, Toby moment. Have your Electro versus Garfield moment. And then who's the bad guy for P- our Peter? Well, That's the think, question. It, it could be, like, on-set photos. I, I don't think this is a spoiler, because you would feel this would be happening anyway. There's been pictures of like a notice board up on one of the sets in uh, wherever they're shooting that has pictures of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio and like conspiracies surrounding Mysterio and everything like that. But that could easily tie into what, you know, the cliffhanger we ended uh, Far From Home on of of Mysterio leaking um, Spider-Man's real identity uh, to the world via J. John Jameson. I... I'd say that the smart money's on him, but this is the thing. They've announced these two but it could just be, like, because we had the Mysterio sequences from the second one that were essentially, like, very long, like, trippy, you know, visions, basically. Mm. These cameos could just consist of that. There's, like, a, an extended ten minutes of that where he's falling through realities and just happens to land, you know, lands in the middle of the train fight from Spider-Man 2. He fa- falls in the middle of that power plant fight between Electro and Spider-Man in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and so on. These might be very quick cameos and they just haven't shown their hand for what is actually going to be the meat of this story. They just knew 
even if we're only going to be seeing Alfred Molina for 30 seconds, if they leak his casting, that that's going to get people talking. And it worked. Um, to the point where, like, so many rumours were coming up, they had to, like, do damage control of, like, confirming a few of them, just yeah. so they could capitalise on the kind of momentum this film was picking up almost by accident of people going, Charlie Cox is coming. Um Andrew Garfield's been cited, yada yada blah blah. Um, people have had to come out and say they're not coming back for it. Like Dane DeHaan, who was um, Harry Osborn slash Green Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man 2, has come out and said he's not in it. William Defoe has come out and said I'm not coming back as Norman Osborn. So yeah, it's it's mad. It's probably going to be a Sinister Six movie. I think is more likely. And instead of trying to set up a new Electro and a new Doc Ock, they're just gonna find a way to multiverse them all together. Which would be pretty neat. If this is like the culmination of the Sony Spider-Man movies, all of them, fucking A. And like I said earlier, that could be worrying that they're trying to ban so many plates. But not only have Marvel shown with every Avengers movie, and basically every standalone movie after that anyway, they can tackle Big Cass and no problem. And even Sony, we've into the Spider-Verse shown that they can be trusted to kind of make this work. So, yeah, I mean, it's with, with so but hype. With, with Sony, it's more um, who if they get the right team on board. Because yeah, yeah. we have we have to remember that Sony did have that period between Spider-Man Three and Amazing Spider-Man Two where nothing worked. There was True. nothing good, even though we liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Yeah, his Peter Parker was weak. The worst. Yeah, just the worst Peter Parker. In much the wor- same way that the campy schlock of Spider-Man 1 and 2 works fantastic and is such a product of its time that it's almost it's almost nostalgia-baiting to have, mm. like, Alfred Molina and Bring Tony McGuire back, which, great, I remember watching those films as a kid, but we all remember that he was the worst Peter Parker. Sorry, the worst Spider-Man, sorry, not the worst oh, Peter Parker. He was the best say. Peter Parker. But like the weakest Spider-Man because he he felt like he that the quips didn't work. He sounded like a whiny child, which works for Peter Parker, but not for Spider-Man. Now that we got Tom Holland, and people need to get over the whole thing of like that new is new is best, and that's a bad opinion to hold. Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man we've ever had. Let's say it out loud, everybody. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just worried that we're gonna we're gonna have this handing back of the reins to sony because they made let's be real one good spider-man movie called spider-man into the spider-verse where the main fact of that being as good as it was is lord and miller and they're not involved in spider-man 3 true but marvel are and that's what is pulling me through they're having quite a large hand in here this is running and sony are just hopefully kind of stepping back and say go for it because sony have got two other well, one other Spider-Man adjacent property coming out this year in uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> With Andy Serkis for some reason. Andy Serkis is in that? Oh, he's directing he's it. He's directing it. Right. Okay. But, but we all want to watch Tom Hardy and Woody Harrelson have a punch up. <laughs> like, I like both of them, but not as Venom and Carnage. I don't like them. Um, it, I think it would actually be funnier if it was Tallahassee versus the Cray Twins. Like, they were just in <laughs> character as those people. <laughs> Give Venom your fucking sausage. <laughs> I would oh, love that. I that would, would be that. that would be much better. Um, we've also got a... We were going to get Morbius this year as well, but they've pushed that back to 2022. 
So that is no longer imminent. Um, nope. But yeah, so again, there's there's question marks. Trust me, we're going to talk about a film of mine in a minute that has a lot more question marks. But um, for now, yeah, if I could only watch one movie, it would definitely be uh, Spider-Man, whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> Spider-Man into the whatever. Yes. Uh, uh, let's let's shift gears a little bit because we're going to be talking about Marvel a little bit later on in my choices. Let's talk about Last Night in Soho. Um, the only thing you need to know about this film is it's Edgar Wright's latest project. And you don't need to know anything else because it's Edgar Wright. You'll follow that man anywhere. I mean, we'll follow that man anywhere. I'm not sure about your specific um, tendencies when it comes to filmmakers, but you should follow this man anywhere. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, he's not made a bad film. He, he's got an almost perfect track record, even even ones that we've never, we haven't been, like, immediately high on. I think looking back, like, especially Baby Driver, um, obviously that's kind of got that red mark on it because of Kevin Spacey. But if you were to remove that element, it's a fucking, it's the choreography of Cars, ridiculously good there's always like something a new muscle that uh, Edgar Wright is stretching and of course let us not forget he did Scott Pilgrim it's one of my favorite films of all time ah yes um so this one is a horror movie again it's not really something that Edgar Wright has tackled outside of a couple of like horror inspired episodes of Spaced and Shaun of the Dead which you can argue that's a horror movie I don't really see it as one um it's got Anya Taylor-Joy in it who we've last seen in the new mutants so the only way is up <laughs> baby um uh, it's also got thomas and mckenzie who we last saw in jojo rabbit so yeah along with matt smith and a couple of other smaller oh my god terence stamp is in this film excuse god. me what they got to okay i need to see this film now i need <laughs> to see it now um it's uh the film is about a young girl who is into fashion design, who mysteriously enters the 1960s, where she encounters her idol, a dazzling wannabe singer. Um, but the this kind of veneer of 1960s London isn't what it seems, and time is starting to fall apart. And there's probably vampires, so that's cool. <laughs> um, I'm very excited that I don't know anything about it. That literally that that one line synopsis of it's it's going to have this 60s aesthetic and it's a horror movie and it's almost definitely vampires that sounds wacky as shit and i can't wait to see it yeah that's that's a great cast that is strong from top to bottom so that's good uh yeah i like i didn't care for baby driver i think that's the only like dud egg right egg right film that i've seen um I, I know i'm in the minority in that one it just didn't click for me so i don't think i'm i'm rolling to this with the same level of enthusiasm that i did with baby driver based on everything else Edgar Wright has done but yeah this, this feels something like we saw with the connected trilogy that the man has range so I, I feel this is maybe leaning into more of the stuff we saw in uh Shaun of the dead stuff like that so i feel this is well within his wheelhouse and yeah i i mean based on that cast alone and yeah probable vampires sounds pretty sweet uh we've we've had nothing like this was meant to come out last year so a trailer must be sat on a hard drive somewhere um i'd like to see that first before i really you know kick up the gears of oh this is gonna be neat but yeah all the ingredients are there for this to be pretty good yeah i'm i'm i just i don't like how rights work i love that he just he stretches himself in the way that he does i would have loved to have seen what he made for ant-man like that would have been yeah 
an incredible work. And, um, you know, if, if if Edgar Wright movies aren't for you, don't worry, because he has a second film coming out this year, which is a documentary about Sparks. So fill your boots. Sparks? Yeah, the band Sparks. Oh, I thought you meant like Sparks. Well, like from actual... like electrical sockets, yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Edgar, Edgar Wright with a screwdriver and a power outlet. <laughs> it's not the film you want to watch, really, is it? It's a snuff film. Edgar Wright really dazzles. Except... <laughs> <laughs> uh, for his posthumous award, please welcome the corpse of Edgar... No. <laughs> he really lit up a room. Um, like, okay. Fair enough. Uh... Yeah, he, he... Again, the man has range. He really does. He really, really does. Uh, that's two down for me, Darren. Right. Uh, keeping. Why, why stray too far from the formula? We're now going to talk about uh, Shang-Chi and The Legend of Ten Rings. Uh, this is meant to come out uh, on July the 9th. Um, and it's kind of like the two other Marvel movies coming out this year. Because obviously Black Widow's starting things off, Spider-Man's ending things. The two in between are, I think, the two biggest, like question mark movies since really guardians of the galaxy of just being because we've already worked through most of the a rank and b rank marvel stuff at this point um we, we've still got more coming obviously fantastic four is um confirmed to be coming back we know the x-men's coming back into the fold at some point it feels like we're in a bit of a dip where we're trying to bridge you know original avengers cast and what will be the future with the fantastic four and the x-men we're filling that gap now we're really working our way through some true bad catalogue characters kicking off with shang chi and the legend of the ten rings i have never seen shang chi i don't even know if he's in the lego marvel game like that's how bloody obscure shang chi is and a little bit of my brain is like well they're probably going after the Asian market with this. But, you know, they've probably got a chance of having cinemas open. So in retrospect, it's an even better idea than it is on paper. And <laughs> looking at this more positively, this has a chance to, or not maybe as prominently as it has happened back then, but this could have the Black Panther appeal. Of Black Panther was, everyone was going, oh, you know, they're making it, it's a predominantly black cast. You know, they not being pandering the more critical amongst us we were saying oh they're pandering to a certain audience but then oh it's never going to make money because you know like all female fronted movies how could it make money and then it made all the money so this has the potential to do that as well it is a predominantly asian cast um so much so that michelle yo is in this movie despite the fact she's already been in marvel she was um uh alita or oh god I want to say. Oh, uh, right? yeah, she was one of the, um, uh, uh, yeah, the, the Guardians 3000. Yes. So I feel like maybe Marvel needs to, uh, sorry, Hollywood in general needs to expand their list of Asian actresses um, just so they don't have to keep recasting because they've also done that in The Eternals. Gemma Chan is back despite the fact she was in Captain Marvel. So yep. <laughs> maybe that needs a little bit more expansion there. But, you know, we've got um, Aquafina is playing what appears to be the love interest. We'll see. The, the most employed woman in Hollywood right she, now. The single most employed woman in Hollywood <laughs> right now. Um, we're going to have uh, Simi Liu as, um, uh, and he said Liu Kang, uh, as Shang-Chi. Oh, my God. Um, he played Liu Kang. He could do Liu Kang. Oh, my God. I've never seen him in anything. What's he been in? 
Oh, that is a good question. Uh, Simu Liu has been in Pacific Rim as an extra, so that doesn't oh, really count. Oh, okay, good. Um, Women is Losers, that's an interestingly titled film, uh, okay. which is coming out this year as well. Uh, Shang-Chi's his first feature movie. He has appeared on Nikita Warehouse 13. Um, there was a Canadian-American science fiction police drama called Beauty and the Beast, which I imagine probably got sued to shit. He was on Orphan Black, he was on Bad Blood, he was on The Expanse, and he played a role in one of the episodes of, ironically, Aquafina is Nora from Queens. Cool. Okay, so a bit of an unknown, but I mean, as long as he can kick ass, I think everything's going to be fine here. Particularly as in the running was the guy who played the Black Power Ranger in the Power Rangers rebooted movie. Mm. And he can act for shit, so good. <laughs> um, so he's it. Intriguingly, because uh, there's not like, looking at the least of the Wikipedia page, there's not a lot of like, this Marvel character, this Marvel character, this Marvel character. Um, there's a guy playing, a guy called Razor Fist, who just sounds like the most generic d-tier henchman guy that the kingpin <laughs> probably employed at some point but fair enough um but tony leung is playing the mandarin or at least the, he's, the actual mandarin yeah, he's heavily 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 rumored to be playing the mandarin to the point where wikipedia lists him as such even though officially his name is wenwu um yeah so not the uh, the abomination we got in iron man 3 but the actual Mandarin, which was kind of hinted at in the All Hail the King short. Um, I kind of missed those. They were quite nice. Um, but yes, it's it's appearing that he's back and they're going to reclaim the Mandarin title and actually show proper Mandarin. A bit of a waste of time now that, slight spoiler alert, Tony Stark's dead. That's a bit... Nah. But still, we get to see the Mandarin in all of his power and glory. Great. Now, I don't know if this has been confirmed or if I've just been watching so many like breakdown videos and hypotheticals, but I've heard several times it mentioned that this is basically going to be a fighting tournament movie. Like, it's the Tekken movie we we, we never got, which there isn't a Tekken movie. Um, <laughs> there certainly isn't two of them. No. Um, so I'm excited for that. Like, that's a good way to cameo people from before. Like, there's so many people that would fit into a fighting tournament. Like, even, like, you could do Iron Fist if you really wanted to. Oh, I God, think yeah, they yeah. want to. But do you they think always... they you think they would attempt the Iron Fist redemption? Or maybe just show, like, proper Iron Fist in the yellow bandana, but you yeah, don't show who's playing it because they've recast him. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they're bringing them into the fold at some point on, a like, a Disney Plus show, but it's not going to be... Um, Whoever played him the first time, I, mean, I can't remember his name. Oh, um, uh, fucking Flower Knight. Yes, yes, from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, I am Iron Fist. Uh, oh, it's uh, Loris Tyrell, there we go, from yeah. Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, he, not not him. Um, but yeah, you could bring in him, you could do Batrock the Leaper, so on and so forth. There's even some hints like, well, there's a, there's a hope, I think, more than a belief, that they will start seeding in certain X-Men characters in all the individual Marvel movies coming up, because they're easy to slot in for 10 minutes and to, you know, birth the X-Men straight into the, the MCU. So, like, obviously it wouldn't be Wolverine, because you save Wolverine, but, mm. like, if Gambit shows up, if Beast shows up, if fucking 
Storm shows up. Oh, oh, that could be good. I mean, I'm not sure this is the place for it. It, it, The the only thing I can think of in terms of X-Men characters that could show up here don't fit the tone of the movie. Because it'd be people like Sunspot, which I, I, I just don't see working in what should be. Like you said, you've heard it's a it's a tournament movie. Which is absolutely fine by me, um, because all all I want is basically the Marvel rendition of a Bruce Lee film. That's all I yeah. want. I want that yeah. to be what it is. And Sunspot does not work in that. No. Razor Fist is a dumb throwaway D-list villain who literally has knives for hands. That sounds perfect. I just want to watch someone yeah. batter him. Um, I just don't see the X Men working in it. We're gonna we're gonna get the Mandarin anyway. Who's yeah, gonna true. you know? And we're talking the actual Mandarin wearing the ten rings. So. I don't know. I don't think you can have anyone outshine him. Okay, maybe like a Lady Deathstrike then. That's an equivalent low tier oh, yeah, yeah. X Men bad guy. Happens to be Asian, which helps. That could work. But yeah, I'm excited. I don't know anything about it. I would have thought again, this film is done and dusted filming wise. I don't know why they were so. Maybe they're looking to put out trailers because they think, well, it's either definitely going to get delayed or. We don't need to market it as heavily just because people can't go out in public. So we can just save all their money and do a really intense like month and a half to two months worth of um, hype before it comes onto Disney Plus, something like that. Oh, could um, you imagine if they got Madame Gao back for this? Oh, yes. And that's how we know that Charlie Cox is coming back for Spider-Man. Like, just Madame oh. Gao just hobbles in and just conks the shit out of somebody. <laughs> Hell yes. Who was that guy in iron fist that was like better than him he went on to play the master in doctor who oh uh, um yeah i know who you mean it, it, it's fucking ah shit okay we knew we said we weren't gonna do this but no, we're, i'm gonna have to he's google got a him. really stupid name um oh that's annoying he's, me. he's got a stupid name in the series yes yeah yeah, yeah. uh he because he's just turned up in the great as well like unrecognizable as like this little sycophantic Russian helper dude. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, Sasha Dewana's Davos. Davos, that was it. I knew it was a Game of Thrones name. Um, there's another person you could see back into this. Fuck it, put Daredevil in there. Why not? <laughs> um, he would beat up everybody. Um, you could, Electra? She's not dead. No. Is she? I, I can't do that. Anyway, there's options. Is all I'm saying. Just make a good Tekken movie, and I'll be eternally grateful. Fuck it, put Yoshimitsu in there. Why not? <laughs> He's in everything else. He may as well. Exactly. Oh. Cool. Right, what's last up for you, I wonder? Um, well, we're staying exactly where we are, and it's the Eternals, because I'm wor- <laughs> I'm worried about the Eternals, Darren. I'm really, really worried about the Eternals. Yeah, I, 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 I get it. That cast is... It could, it could work out real well. And then again... It really could go us up pretty it's, quickly. This is, it's exactly the same situation that the world thought that we were going to be in in 2014. That's what I hope is going to happen. Because in 2014, people were like, there is no way you will get us to care about um, a green man, a green woman, a tree and a raccoon. And I was like, you don't fucking know. Uh, and then <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy happened and I was proven incredibly right. Problem with with the Eternals is that unlike the Guardians of the Galaxy, who I really love their comic run, I really love their characters, and then it got ruined by Marvel Comics. The Eternals haven't been given that chance. They had like three runs total that I can think of 
One of them was written by Neil Gaiman and it was fucking brilliant. If that's what we're doing, I don't have any problems. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. If that's not what we're doing, fuck, we're in trouble. I know. Because um, it is, it's not even that, like, this is a franchise that, you know, people who don't read comics haven't heard of. This is a franchise that people who read comics might have heard of. <laughs> it's it's so, like, the other end of the Marvel mythos. Like, these guys haven't been in the spotlight for... Well, these guys haven't been in the spotlight. That's the issue. <laughs> um so it's it's interesting the, the the person that we know the most about in term well two people that we know the most about is richard madden as icarus who has appeared in other stories outside of being a part of the eternals and of course kit harrington as dane whitman aka the black knight who obviously has has had more of a, a, a history with the the avengers more than anybody else so there are some names that we know I mean, Angelina Jolie's in this film, for God's sake. Kumail Nanjiani is the most uncomfortable guy to look at ripped. Um, <laughs> it's ju- it, ju- it just doesn't look right. It doesn't... You know that scene in The Fairly Odd Parents where um, there's like that kid, like, like that King Arthur episode, and he's like this nerdy kid, and then like they, ta- they, they take off his glasses and he can see and he can fight. Yeah. It's... it's that that's what Kumail Nanjiani. It's like it's like, like looking at a ripped Salvador Dali painting. It's just like oh no, <laughs> make it stop. <laughs> oh god, I mean Kumail Nanjiani's got some fucking work to do for me to like him in this film because good fucking god, I don't like his movies. Um, I mean Brian Tyree Henry's in there. You've got the. I mean we're gonna have the first deaf and first openly gay. Um, superheroes in this film in the MCU. I mean, I think it's the first deaf, deaf superhero, full stop. Um, but yeah, the first openly gay hero in the MCU. We've got a 12 year old that's part of the team with these grown ass people. So that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, it's just <sighs> the further down we find out about this story and Chloe Zhao's directing, where like, I know that people like Chloe Zhao. One of her films is in Oscar contention this year, um, which is, I can't remember the name, Nomadland. Mm-hmm. Um, and to put it in perspective, that film won the Golden Lion. The film previous to do that was Joker, and I fucking really love Joker. So very interested, but this could go so spectacularly wrong that it might hamper the rest of the MCU because we've been looking for that that X-Men stand-in for years. The first attempt was the uh, Inhumans, and we all know how that went. Yeah, I was going to say, I got real Inhuman vibes off of this whole thing of, like, just just do just do the X-Men, lads. Like, if you want to do an eclectic group of people with silly powers... Just do them. And yeah, you're right. We saw how bad the Inhumans went. This has got a much better cast and a lot more money behind it than the Inhumans ever had. Mm. And it feels like Kevin Feige basically had his hands forced to do Inhumans. And he managed to at least reduce it down to a TV show so it didn't impact on the stellar run of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But to the same token, so maybe this is hopefully something he really wants to do. And he has faith in it. And that gives, that is more of a, you know, reassurance than I think anything else can be. Um, 
it also it comes with a nice advantage that basically nothing else has of because it has such a small like almost unknown back catalog of stuff to pick from from the comics they can do whatever they want with it they don't have to be constantly handy by like when are you going to do demon in a bottle for iron man and when are you going to do spider-man no more for spider-man and so on they can just do whatever the fuck they please and that's quite freeing and that's quite nice they don't have to pay homage to anything else um but yeah again this really needs a trailer like yeah really really needs a trailer just to cement where this is who it's connected to is this going to be like are we going to start seeing basically marvel movies that like because everything built towards an avengers movie this expansive cast fitting into that when we already know the, the cast of whatever the next team movie is going to be well everyone who's still hanging around from the old avengers lineup plus potentially the fantastic four plus mutants eventually where do all of the eternals fit in and are they interesting enough to kind of fit in there this might be the first of those type of movies that isn't necessarily like get excited for these people because they're going to be in this you know what i mean like it, it might be kind of how the guardians was originally kind of a bit removed from everything else and that's fine as well not everything has to be connected but yeah this is it's a big old question mark we really really need a trailer i think there's there's one scene the, in WandaVision this year that makes me think this might work and it was in episode 4 so it is mm. the freshest one so if, you, if, if you're not watching WandaVision I just want you to get out for 60 seconds if that's okay Darren can I get a tiny spoiler alert I'll, I'll get a timer ready as well tiny spoiler alert Go right, for it. In, in episode 4 of WandaVision we see the moment in which people come back from the second snap, Hulk snap. We watch Monica Rambeau return to life in a hospital where people are returning to life. They're getting de-dusted. The fact that nobody has got the TV on watching everybody fight Thanos over the old Avengers base makes me believe that this is happening over there can work for this film because if all of this shit is happening while something else is happening that's more important or whatever in the distance, this might work because it can be its own thing while still being in the universe was that 60 seconds uh that was 38 but i i like that we've essentially now pitched the 300 rise of an empire in marvel of yes it's important to show the movie that's not the important thing happening right now <laughs> well no but like the idea that that these guys have been i mean the premise on wikipedia says after the tragedy of Avengers Endgame, the Eternals, an immortal alien race created by the Celestials, who have secretly lived on Earth for over 7,000 years, reunite to protect humanity. They've got to have been doing something more important over their shit, because the rest of the Ooh. MCU happened, unabated by these guys' presence. Yeah. This is so, complete you know. guesswork, but what if this is a Rogue One situation? where mm, okay they it's their sacrifices that allow the thanos thing and everything else to happen and the worry of me going well how are they going to fit all these people into avengers won't happen because they'll all be dead and it'll only be kit harrington who gets out of dodge and can you know go on to star in other movies because like, the important cause... thing to remember is kit harrington ain't an eternal no plus is angelina jolie really signed up for one of these like long-ass contracts I, I I don't see it happening. Like, can you really see a sign up to the one they got? Um, uh, blah, 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 what's his name? 
Uh, they got Sebastian Stan to sign up for, where like we own you for the next decade. Uh, Angelina Jolie ain't signed, has she? No. Um, so to to bump her off, that'd be Marvel haven't done that yet. I mean, we've had some key deaths, don't get me wrong, but not like a Rogue One situation. That'd no, be pretty cool. The deaths are pretty few and far between, all things considered. I mean, they are. I mean, we don't know what the shit's going on with One Division and whether. I mean, everyone's saying he dead, but like. Is he? What's going on? Well, I don't know. There's a big episode four that makes that a bit um, a bit too graphic for my liking. But anyway, oh, fuck that was harrowing. Um, that that yeah. shot. Ooh. Speaking of harrowing, Michael, oh, I've made a mistake. That being, oh, the next movie we have to talk about. Oh, so, oh right, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm gonna take you through my journey. Um, I'm I'm gonna call it Requiem for a Tuesday and just take you through what happened to me. So I was looking through the 2021 movies to pick. They're on the docket. Just real quick, um, other movies that I'm we're kind of looking forward to for next year. I mean, Ray around the Last Dragon, like I said, coming to Disney Plus does look interesting. It doesn't look 15 pound interesting, but it looks interesting nonetheless. Um, the free guy from um, Ryan Reynolds, the one where he's like an NPC character in a video game, looks pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited, for Go- I'm excited for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, Top Gun Maverick looks stupid fun, so dope. Uh, Uncharted's got fucking Mark Wahlberg in, so I don't know. I mean, that's next year now anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Tom Holland, admittedly, yes, but hmm. um, <laughs> there's a new Space Jam movie. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing that's happening. Uh, June and uh, uh, Bond are happening right at the back end of the year. So, But I was like, no, to stay on brand, I'm going to pick a movie that I mentioned, at least the series I mentioned a fair few times. I'm going to pick Jackass 4. <laughs> because this time, Darren gets the Jackass pick. I do. Of Jackass. I do. <laughs> it's, it's always good to make the Jackass pick Jackass. So, I was looking, I was doing some research on all the films we were going to talk about and all the stuff. Um, and I thought, well... I wonder how long Jackass 4 has been in production. Like, it seems like it was just... No one's officially come out and done a big, like, oh, yeah, we're doing Jackass 4. It just... It appeared. It materialised one day on the Wikipedia preview page. So I was like, okay, I'll have a look. And I clicked on it. So, because it only started filming in December. So, but, I mean, it's not like it's a high-end production. They can definitely get that thing turned around in uh, 12 months, or even less. I think it's scheduled at the moment to come out in September. But I'm like, yeah, they don't have to do any CGI work. So I think they'll be fine. They've just got to stitch it together on Windows Movie Maker, most likely, and put some, like, <laughs> dank-ass, you know, early 2000s pop-punk over the top of it, and we'll be fine. Basically, just get the Tony Hawk um, Pro Skater soundtrack and whack it over the top of this, and we'll be fine. Yep. Get some CKY, and everything's going to be gold. Anyway, um, but I was like, look, surely someone's seen them, right? I know people aren't out in public at the moment, but I mean, like, you think of any Jackass movie, they're always running around in public and, you know, jumping into, like, you know, running into walls and smacking into fridges and all that shit. So I thought, surely someone's seen something. I went on the Wikipedia page, and this is where the spiral started. <laughs> there was only two sentences on there, but they they led me to a place of great panic and, and, and really changing my opinion on this, because I've wanted this for years, but... It said on the first on the second day of filming, Johnny Knoxville and Steve O were hospitalized um, after they jumped onto full speed treadmills carrying band equipment, including a tuba. <laughs> I was like, okay. The second sentence read, "This was later confirmed by Bam Margera on his Twitter channel the next day." 
it's a 20 second video but it is a 20 second video that caused basically 24 hours of despair for me <laughs> because i watched it and several things occurred to me basically at once one the years have not been kind to bam margera like no. admittedly i mean, did have to deal with ryan dunn dying which well, wasn't great we'll get to that so like it's it's funny because like admittedly i love jackass but Bam Margera is by far and away my least favourite person on that show. He's an entitled bellend and always has been. Mm. Like, he's like one of the most unlikable people I've ever seen in my life. But it's okay because yeah, the balancing of the books has started. After years of him relentlessly taking the piss and beating up his family, he's now turning into Don Vito. <laughs> so, good. Karma has come to collect on Bam Margera and it's collecting hard because yeah ah, because... <laughs> Jesus Christ. but then i had another realization bam margera is the youngest member of the jackass crew he's 41 <laughs> i like first of all oh my god that's only 11 years away from me now oh no um but then i thought like two of them admittedly only preston lacy and dave england are in their 50s Jesus. And Knoxville is rapid. I think he's 49 or 48, so he's rapidly approaching that. More realizations came to me. It was funny when they were in their 30s and made of rubber to see him, like, you know, smack into walls and stuff. <laughs> I know as a wrestling fan, something happens to the body. No matter how in shape you are, something happens to the body around the age of 45 where you just end up looking like a, 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 like a bag of wet laundry. Like, like. <laughs> Believe me, like, go and look, if you don't believe me, go and look at Chris Jericho and see what he looks like these days. Unless you are, like, The Rock and, like, in, like, Im like immaculate shape, like John Cena is, something happens and your body, that's when the, 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 the decline starts. And that's for athletes. These are just some skinny white boys who just thought it'd be really funny to smack their body into really hard stuff. This is people that have done really stupid things to their bodies for their entire career. For like 25 plus years, they've just been, you know, jumping into ceiling fans. <laughs> so it's not like these are pristine athletes doing this to themselves. These are like battered 45 and 46 year olds. I was like, oh, no, that's not going to be as funny if Johnny Knoxville really slowly gets back up to his feet. And I guarantee you they haven't like toned it down. Like, it's going to be real sad, basically. Then something else occurred to me, which was, oh no, at some point, they're going to have to bring up the fact that Ryan Dunn isn't there anymore. Yep. And that that's going to be a bit of a tonal shift for a jackass movie, which is meant to be just stupid entertainment. And now I'm really worried I'm going to watch Johnny Knoxville die for my sins on a cinema screen. <laughs> sat there like going i wanted this what have i done you asked for this i, I asked for this oh no <laughs> oh god oh no i went from like being like yes more jackass to going oh no more jackass <laughs> oh god can you imagine if that film is like one of the most har it's, it's like hacksaw ridge but with popcorn <laughs> And then at the end, they're like, Jackass 5, coming 2023. <laughs> and they just called it the death of Jackass. <laughs> Fuck. 
It's like watching. It's like watching Hostel. It's like watching Saw. Just oh no, stop! Please stop doing that to yourself, Steve-O. No, get down from there, party boy. No. <laughs> like if yeah. it's just this is the thing. Like I personally, I know this makes me a bad person. Like I don't mind the prank stuff they do. Like 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 when they dress up as old people and they don't need to dress up anymore. When they dress up as old people and do like the pranks on like the public. That's that's fine, but I've always found it funny when they're doing the stunts. I usually like the tamer ones, the ones that don't end in concussions and broken legs and stuff like that, but I can't deny that that's, that's kind of their appeal, and God, I wish they'd save their money more. Um, so <laughs> I, I really do hope it is. It, it's more on the side of Party Boy and walking into a hardware store and shitting on an unused toilet I, yeah. than it is fucking in the shopping cart rolling down the hill. Because those men aren't getting back up if that goes wrong. That's what I'm worried about. It's just seeing them slowly, like, pull themselves up. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> what have I done? And this is when they were doing... I mean, Steve-O especially. This is when they were doing it when they were pumped full of cocaine and had the speed of ten lions. It was yeah. Like, it, yeah. They had that kind of otherworldly... It's the sad reality of how they filmed Jackass, is that there was uh, there was a lot of substance abuse going on there. And Jesus Christ, I mean, look at look at Steve-O. And then you, you realise oh. that Bam Margera like, had a battle with alcoholism. Johnny Knoxville yeah. was a drug user until... Yeah. Although I think Johnny Knoxville turned it around the best. Because yes. you actually kind of respect him. But, like, oh God, I just, I worry for these people's health. Like you said, they're in their 50s and they're doing what they were doing in their 30s and 20s. I... Yeah, I really shouldn't have watched that video. Because this is the thing, like, Steve-O still looks like Steve-O. He hasn't really changed. And Knoxville maybe, like, if you go back to, like, season one of Jackass, probably looks a bit different. But Knoxville still largely looks the same. I had seen Bam Margera for a few years, it turns out, and it just brought all this to me. So, yeah, I'm sorry, world, but I'm inflicting another Jackass movie on you, and I will be watching it in September. <laughs> I will pay for what I've done to this world. I'll watch it so you don't have to. And I just, the review is just me crying for 45 minutes of a no. Oh, God. Uh, the, the thing, Oof. is it going to be funny or is the tone going to be like, they dress up Wee Man as like the the shape of the coronavirus strain and get him to run into a crowd? Like, oh. Is that what it's going to be? Oh, maybe. Oh, oh, thanks, Mike. You've now added another layer onto my... <laughs> Uh, this has been a good end to the preview, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, okay. And that is where we're going to leave part one of our now three-part 2021 preview. In the next few weeks, we will also be looking forward to the TV and video games of the next 12 months. If you enjoyed that, please do go check out failentertainment.com for all the latest from our website. You can also follow the site on Twitter at failent, myself at the Guttridge and Mike that Mike Owen. Please do check back next week where we will be talking over the next 12 months of video games. <laughs>